This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at two films from France which look at magic realism in totally different ways. In Petite Maman, a young girl meets up with a much younger version of her own mother, while in Titane, a young woman conducts a series of horrific murders. Filmed in Israel, Breaking Bread turns out to be a totally different movie about bringing Arab and Israeli people together through the food they eat. C'est quoi? C'est mes trucs d'enfant. Elle avait tout gardé. C'était pas la reine de l'orthographe. Maman, tu as fait où ta cabane? Dans les bois, juste derrière. Ça te fait de la peine d'être ici? J'aimais bien cette chambre. Moi aussi, je suis triste. Elle a préféré partir ce matin. On a décidé que ce serait mieux comme ça. J'ai une mission pour toi. Le placard dans le couloir. Comme ça, on part vite d'ici, puis on la retrouve. Petite Maman is a gentle childhood fantasy in which an 80-year-old girl meets another girl of the same age, who, to our surprise, turns out to be her mother. Sue Freeman's been off to the Academy Cinema to see this memorable movie about childhood. Uh, Sue, this is not always an easy film to follow, so how did Petite Maman affect you? <laughs> it's, it catches up on you. The movie catches up on you. You start off thinking, what's happening here? It's all a bit weird. But then by the... Up for me, anyway. But by the middle of the movie, mm. you understand that You become involved with yes, this little girl and what yes, she's doing. Yes, and you understand that that's her... She's got this imaginary friend, which a lot of children on their own have, and she'd had the trauma of her grandmother dying and then going to her grandmother's house and the mother then not able to cope and leaving for whatever reason. Leaving her there alone with the father. Leaving her alone with her father. And he was packing up the house. He didn't have time to play with her. Mm. So she was left to her own devices. And as I said, said to you before we started the interview, during the conversation that she ends up having with her imaginary friend, a.k.a. mother, um, it, it they talk in the past, the present, and the future. And it's a very it's mm. very cleverly done when you think of that of that conversation. The conversations they have. And I think the little girl at the end, when she finally, you know, right at the end, she finds her mother sitting on the floor of the house. The actual adult the actual mother. mother yeah. Adult mother. And I think she's developed through her play with her imaginary friend. She's mm. developed an understanding of what her mother went through yeah. as a little girl growing yeah, she, up. Yeah, she had her problems too. Well, she had a mother mm. who was had a bone disease and, and couldn't walk properly and was sort of a bit reclusive. Yeah, that's the grandmother appeared. now. The then. grandmother. Yeah. Mm. And so the mother had to have an operation and, and that's all discussed with the little girl and the imaginary mm. 
Yeah, and this is yeah. sort of quite quite uh, well. How this develops at the start is um, she, you see her first at this old people's or yes. old people's um, yeah. place uh, where the grandmother has just died. And yeah. she's she's leaving with her own mum mm. and saying farewell to a few other people who yeah. she knows in there. Then they hop in the car. Yeah, you can see that she cares for her own mum. She's feeding her some sort yeah. of uh, chips. Yeah, it's and, very uh, sweet. Yeah, and things. Yeah, you can see that there's a link between mm. the two there, and then. They go out to grandma's, yeah. the dead grandmother's place, yeah. who lives got a ha- home yeah. in the forest, yeah. and to, to pick up and get things together there, and and it's when they're out there, the, her mother tells her that she used to live there as a little yes. child, mm. and that she built uh, herself a sort of a tree hut or something out in the in the forest, and 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 the mother her daughter sort of asks her. Um, oh, is it still there? And then this sort of thing, and you're never quite sure what's going to happen there. No. Or what is, and but then the next day, Mum disappears, and the girl wanders off into the forest yeah. and finds a sort of a, a little hut thing made of branches of trees and things, yeah. with a little girl there about mm. her own age who looks almost exactly the same as herself. Yes, looks identical, actually. Mm. <laughs> and it turns out they are identical twins. Twins playing yes. the parts, yeah. And they do, they do a wonderful job, those two little girls. Oh, Gosh. yes, yeah, two eight-year-old yeah. girls. And they dominate the, say, yeah. the centre of the film. Well, they're, they're, More than half of they're, the they're, films. They're, yeah. they're the movie, really, yeah. those, those two girls, and mm. their conversations with each other and that dawning realisation. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite... It's quite a sort of beautiful little movie in a way. Yeah. You know. Oh yes. It's not. It's if you if you think you're going to go to a movie where there's going to be action, and <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's no James Bond, that's for sure. But it's it's a deep and very personal movie. Movie. Yeah. So do you reckon you could take it as a sort of a lovely tribute to who we once were ourselves? Could you identify with this sort of thing? <laughs> Um, I couldn't, but I have a I have a couple of girlfriends who were only children, and who went through a bit of trauma in their lives, and they would definitely relate to that. And I think it's quite good for us all, even if we can't personally relate to it, to delve into something like that and have develop some empathy for those situations. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, so the difficult part of the film is that it never actually explains how this situation no, could you've got to, you've come got to, about. You've got to, you've, you've got to put, work that out yourself. Yeah, sort of put this yeah. together yourself yeah. somehow. And, and I think the whole point is that, um, well, I sort of basically ended up thinking that they must, uh, it must be this girl's own imagination that is putting the well, other, other one. Mm. There, yeah. this is fair enough. Although some way, sometimes seems to extend in different ways, in very in other ways. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like that she keeps on going back to this house that she's staying at, mm. and but the other girl also lives in this house. Yeah. But seems to be living there with other people, and, and they approach the same house from yeah. different angles, and then at different times and go in either with, together or alone, yeah. and this sort of thing. And the whole thing just doesn't quite make sense. But I mean, okay. But it, it, I think the whole point is it doesn't matter. No. Yeah, you care more just about what this girl is mm. thinking and getting out of what's happening mm. to her at this time. This interchange with this other young girl. Yeah. So who looks so uncannily like herself. Yes. 
Mm. And and I really think that at the end, when she sees her mum, her real mum, sitting on the floor there, and it's not giving away the story by saying that, but she's developed, she's kind of, through her imaginary friend and the time she spent on her own and exploring the house, she has a deeper understanding of what her own mum went through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. So it's all there. It's it's fascinating yeah. stuff, and um, just don't try to explain it. <laughs> no, well, just accept yeah, it as accept it is. It, yes, go in and <laughs> with eyes wide open and minds wide open, and uh, yeah, enjoy it for what it is. Yes, yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. <laughs> That was Susan Freeman with her views on Petite Maman. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. Titane is another French film bordering on magical realism. This time, with a young woman doing a series of horrific murders on virtually anyone around her and then desperately trying to hide from the police. Ian Cummings been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this exceptionally horrific movie. Ian, would you believe that this film was awarded the Palm d'Or at this year's Cannes Film Festival? Well, I've been pondering about that. I noticed that it did, in fact, win. But as far as I was concerned, I found it, um, apart from the fact I think it probably deserved it, but I found this extremely disturbing and was gripping, it was harrowing, um, and sometimes it was a bit incomprehensible, but thinking about it afterwards, you, <laughs> but it's definitely not for the faint-hearted. It certainly is not. You know, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't believe what I was watching for most of that time. I laughed quite often, but that's not because it was funny, but because I just couldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I've I, I got a fairly strong stomach, but I tell you that um, I, I was. I found some of the scenes in there. Re, re, you know, it was squeam. I was squeamish, right? Particularly when she tries to, this young woman on the on, on escaping from the uh, from the police, trying to find the serial killer that she is. Um, that um, and she, oh, by the way, serious killer. She used a hairpin to dispose of one person. Oh yeah, well she sticks that hairpin in the ear. Yeah, that's right. Quite and, a few. And, and then the, the poker. I think she just bashed the uh, the girl she was having sex with and decided she didn't want any more. And then another man who came to the, came and said, "What's going on?" And she disposed of him by putting a chair leg in his mouth. So, I mean, this is the sort of thing. <laughs> and this is the sort of thing in the film that um, the director, Ag- Agatha, Agatha Roussel, yeah, Agatha Roussel, and sorry, not Agatha Roussel, Agatha Roussel is the actress. Let me go back one. Yeah. Julia Ducourne who made another film a few years ago called Raw, which apparently had lurid violence and sexuality. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I if, gather she's made the sort of... But not as intense as this Well, one. I think that was sort of... A, she was feeling her way, if you like. But <laughs> she, it's, a, it's a very classy film, uh, in, in fact, the way it's shot and it's a sound oh. that goes with it. But yeah. um, particularly... And I started talking about Agatha Roussel, who's the lead actress, who has no credits whatsoever... Um, according to um, looking her up on the internet there. So she was a newbie to <laughs> films anyway, and she was certainly newbie, or she was very nubile, and she had to clothes off a lot of the time. But, yeah. but the interesting thing at the beginning of the film, what the heck is this? All sorts of close-ups of, um, of, of, of brass or um, steel or um, metal or this sort of thing, and it turns out 
it's really like a car display at a at a at a convention, I suppose, yeah, of cars yeah. with girls there to sort of, well, have fun with the cars and, and amuse the men who might want yeah, well, to this, Well, this is it. She is an erotic uh, a dancer uh, who uh, used to work at sort of um, car conventions and car uh, play, uh, places. She was paid for doing that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, and so you see her naked on top of a car, squirming well, around, not quite, and no, wobbling. Well, she not wasn't quite, quite naked. Oh, well, she her, might as well her breasts were. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, but she was being extremely. Um, it was like the car was her receptacle for sex. And, of course, that's what actually happens in the film, whether yeah. we want to give away too much about well, the result oh, of no, no, well, I, mean, I don't know if I found that a bit hard to believe, but she she actually believed, uh, she had had a sex affair with, with a Cadillac <laughs> and, and got she, pregnant. And she got <laughs> pregnant, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Mm, but, I mean, that's uh, because afterwards you see those scenes where she cuts a little hole in the side of her and there's this black oil and a light even shines out of there. That's from the baby car, she, yeah. as far as she's concerned. <laughs> yes. But I'm not saying that's I think this is more in her own imagination than anything else. <laughs> you, know, you know, she goes and has a bath and there's all this black oil coming yeah. out of well, her. Well, I think, <laughs> well, yeah, well, it confused me. I think you actually, we had a chat after the film and you pointed out something that I had really hadn't picked up. But it's interesting, you know, the sex with the car. And as one critic <laughs> said, never look at a gear stick now in the same way again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, yes. Well, um, I mean, it's, I've just, I have seriously never, ever seen a film quite like this for its intensity in violence. Violence and all this, and I think people should be forewarned. Oh, but on the other man. hand, it's amazing filmmaking. That is top quality um, filming. You know, just the photography and you know, the the complex shots of all these things moving about. Like you say, the scene of this sort of with all these bits of cars and Lord knows everything all over the place, moving moving in into this. You know how the camera got into it all. I don't know. And, and you know, it's 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 um, really amazing filmmaking. Well, well, coming back to the Palm Door, which started actually in 1939 with Union Pacific by Cecil B. DeMille and much more recently I, Daniel Blake and Parasite. Parasite. And so this film, with a lot of other films in competition, the the experts there, yeah, the yeah. critics there say they made it, gave it the Palm Door. By the way, Detain, I didn't know what it was. It's, it's I couldn't work out the title, but yeah, it's about Titanium. Yeah, which is yeah. a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. yeah, and this is the whole point. She's got that uh, uh, as a little girl. She, she's involved in that car accident with the father driving the car, and um, and and she gets taken to hospital where they put a metal plate in she, the side of her skull to hold her skull together. Yeah, right. And this is made of titanium. And uh, this is, and uh, that's what they've then named the film after. That's and this metal, this sort of metal is used because it is resistant to corrosion and that, so they can put put that on your head and it stays there for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to talk briefly about, and quickly as we finish, but Vincent Lindon, uh, who's got a raft of, of, of highly acclaimed and critical films. He plays the, her notional father. He believes mm. that she 
because she's masquerading as a boy is in fact her son. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's a, he's a, he gives a damn good. I mean, they both do. They're both fantastic performances. Oh, and, yes. And you can't believe that. Are they really acting? <laughs> yeah. But you think he's just about as mad as she is. <laughs> well, his grief sort of. He's, yeah, he's, he's got he's, for this son. He lost he, this son he, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, missing and, child. And mm, he's grasping yeah. at straws, I suppose. But, yeah. But anyway, be warned when you go and see it. And um, if you have to call out, and which I did a couple of times, I said, well, I won't say what I said. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's pretty intense. Well, they say that at the Sydney Film Festival, um, 13 people fainted while watching it. Well, <laughs> you, and I, you and I didn't faint. but in So fact, this is quite a challenge. <laughs> a challenge indeed. Go at your peril. Oh, but no, it's worth no. going. It's still amazing stuff. Amazing Okay, thank you, Ian. <laughs> that was Ian Cumming helping me with Titani. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. When I founded the Sham Festival, I did not want to stay Israel, I didn't want to stay Palestine. I don't believe there is any room for politics in the kitchen. As someone that born as a Palestinian and lived here as an Israeli, this stuff makes you confused who you are, who you want to be. I don't give a f that he's Arab, like he doesn't give a f that I'm a Jew. The only thing we're going to give a f is about making art. What do you say? I want Arabic salad, I want Israeli salad. Who owns this salad? Sometimes you find yourself like thinking, what is politically correct to order? Made in Israel, the very positive documentary, Breaking Bread, shows us how necessary social changes could be achieved between the Israeli and the Middle Eastern Muslim people through food. Carolyn's been off to the Alice Cinemas to see this invigorating movie about how two peoples can come together. Uh, Carolyn, what did you think of Breaking Bread? I really liked it. I mean, I've had Middle Eastern food now for the last two nights. Cause just... Have you? <laughs> You've been making it yourself? I have been making it myself. <clears throat> Nowhere near the professionalism of the food. But it just reinvigorated my love for the, the freshness of the food. And oh, well, to me, it's all still part of the Mediterranean food that yeah. you get all around there. The, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff amongst it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, it's quite, so if anything, it just made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's much more to the positive aspect. Oh, this absolutely. Film, this is a, a lovely um, documentary about what can, what is possible when two, two people from, or two peoples, from opposing sides can come together over a common like and, and how much commonality there is between the food. Yeah. Um, they'd have different names for, for it yes. and, and slightly different ways of cooking it, but it's still the same basic ingredient, um, which is pretty much humanity, really, isn't yeah. it? It's all just the same ingredient. We're humans. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's quite amazing because it, the whole film seems to have been put together by um, the, the w woman we see at the start. Yes. Uh, to speak, and she pops up throughout the film with her opinions on things. Uh, she's a, a Dr. Nof Atamna Ismail. And uh, she's uh, actually, it's, uh, the whole point is she's the first Muslim Arab 
person to win Israel's Master Chef yes. Award. Yeah. Now, it's always been Israelis before that, and now it's a Muslim person. And um, so, and, and this is put, and she could, you know, she just sees this as such a positive step forward that she thought she's going to continue this uh, with um, starting up a uh, local... Um, food festival, the yeah. The food festival. Yeah, called it Le Bon. Yeah, this is in the town or of the um, Haifa. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the whole point of uh, this uh, f- uh, this Arabic food festival is that um, she to to get into the festival, to work in the festival, take part in it. Um, she puts one Arab and one Jewish chef to work together. Yes, and there's in seventy chefs. Yeah. yeah, So the, so there so one of each together to cooking up these exotic dishes, and uh, you know, and the, this is a wonderful idea to have come up with. Yeah, and, no, and it, and it's, it works really well. And we only see about four or five of the chefs yeah. involved, and we hear their backstories and everything. And but it's also some serious food porn, and the photos, <laughs> this um, the filming of the food being oh, cooked yes, and all that lovely so, food. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean the film is in splendid colour. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. no, it's a love fest of food. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah really good. Oh, but yeah. I, I really liked. I really enjoyed. Um, as she said, it's not. It's nice to show the positive aspects of living in Israel um, and things, the communities that are coming together. Yeah. And Haifa is a, a multicultural city. Um, so it's, oh, yes, yeah, it's about so the third largest in Israel. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So mm. it, it's trying to show the way of living together. Mm. Yeah, and, and of course her, her point is that in Israel, she claims, uh, I don't know how, through this, but it should be because she she does not actually consider self uh, herself as uh, either Muslim or Arabic or Israeli. She's there and she is part of it. Yes, she uh, comes from both and, sides. But she does yeah. not identify herself with one side or the other. Yeah. And uh, this is you know just um, so good to, to see. And uh, and then she you know she goes on to um, uh, talk about. Uh, getting yeah, you know, that the importance with people is that they have something that they can share. Find the commonality and work c- from Can there. do together, yeah. and uh, and she she certainly puts this into the festival. And um, you know, this is just uh, she's so positive all the way. She because she she claims that the, about it's only about ten percent of the Israeli people want. Uh, um, to continue on the aggression with the the other surrounding the Palestinians and other Arab mm. surrounding countries, and uh, you know, and so she essentially unfortunately blames, most of them are politicians. <laughs> yeah, she blames the politicians for this. <laughs> the people themselves usually don't want much to do with this at all. And I think on that basis she might be pretty right. I mean, you, you you're always going to find in that area some tribal mentality still. Yeah, well, uh, that it. Amongst, I, I, yeah, mm, amongst it the slightly... Arabs themselves. You find quite a lot of this. It is it's slightly contentious. Her claim, but uh, but then you get a totally different bunch come in, like the uh, Israeli Jews, and of course that is going to upset. Yeah, yeah, things. no, the, <laughs> it is questionable slightly with the amount that uh, the occupied territories, how far that has grown. But this film isn't about the politics per se. No. It is about the food of the region and keeping traditions alive. Like there is some food, like it taught uh, a lot of the. 
what was really interesting was that most of the chefs were male, but yeah. the recipes they were using were their grandmother's recipes. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. yes. What was really interesting <laughs> in a way of keeping it alive, and she has some really good comments to make yeah. about that. I mean, sort of one t- typical bunch, uh, two men together, one chef, he was an Eastern European uh, bloke with um, the, the Eastern mm, European sorry, style yeah. uh, cooking uh, that, uh, that he port there and and he was working with a Palestinian chef and um, you know and so and he was his teammate and this uh, Palestinian chef also had some sort of Syrian background so they're totally different in that way but they can come together share but the, uh, most of the um, uh, ingredients and that would be very similar. They would the because they, they all use there. yeah they use the food that's available yeah. from the no, area. And so, I yeah. mean, did you use your hummus and your yogurt <laughs> and your, your eggplant? Um, um, no, I didn't. I may have <laughs> adapted my recipes a little, but the basic premise was there, and it was so nice, especially <laughs> using the fresh herbs. <laughs> okay, and who'd you share it with? <laughs> Myself. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> no, this it at this time with so much tension in the in the world and all this. It's just wonderful to see such a positive, positive movie. Absolutely. And Everything if you're a foodie, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, no Carol. That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Breaking Bread. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website, plainsfm.org.nz. (laughs) 